We're on a small country road in North Cork. There's a man out of his car and he's cleaning his windscreen. For every opportunity, we give it a good clean. He's getting ready for a rally in the area. Ireland's pretty unusual, actually. We close off public roads to allow rally cars to race along them. This man, Brian, is driving the stages before the rally, making notes about them, which he'll sell to coal drivers. They're called pace notes. I'll explain them a little bit more in detail later, but at the moment, Brian is cleaning the windscreen of his car so that the camera he's set up inside can get a good picture of the road that he's filming. It's critical that we keep the screen as clean as we can. Because the camera's mounted so close to the windscreen, every wee spot and every fly mark is, uh, comes up like a really distraction, so we keep it as clean as we can. Still, the sound of a cloth squeaking on a windscreen is not the sound you'd expect to hear in rallying in Ireland. This is more of what you'd expect. Or, if you live in a town, in a rally area, you'd expect to hear this. This is Formoy in North Cork, and we're here because I want to bring you behind the scenes of an Irish rally weekend. We're going to meet a family who've chosen fantastic names for their children. A brother and sister who hope to get their car home without damaging it, some hope. And we'll follow a family who found an unusual way of making money out of rallying. We're going to focus on the co-drivers and the navigation notes they use. And why rallying? Well, I've been reporting on many sports over the years, but there's something about rallying for me. The camaraderie, the sound of the engines, the skill of the mechanics and the drivers, and the enthusiasm of the volunteers. Back to the opening of the rally weekend. Well, we're at the beginning of the Cork 20 rally, and as usual, we've got the ceremonial start. Thank you very much, the usual announcer is a man called Dougie Hughes. International Carmack champion. And he's been doing this for years. Thirty years. What age you now, Dougie? You're in your eighties, aren't you? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Had a stroke in Waterford. This was the lady doctor. She says, "I hope you don't mind me telling you that you have tissues of a teenager." <laughs> you hope the teenager wants the back. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Now, are you going to spray? Celebration champagne. So long are you gonna keep this going? I want to beat my father. He died at ninety-two. Right. And I was saying that to Dona Kelly yesterday and he said, Don't tell me, he says we have to listen to you until you're ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> when they when the cork is popped, we want to give you three cheers for the As well as Dougie, another fixture at the rally opening is the Rally News TV crew. So, Donna, what a surprise, a new hat, a fabulous poster and more champagne. What a year it's been. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unreal. It's just, uh, it couldn't be any better, you know, and uh, to finish off the year here uh, in Cork. Rallying can be dangerous. We know that. There have been deaths and injuries among competitors and spectators, and yet the fans still turn out. In fact, there's plenty who come along precisely because it's dangerous. Rallying had its heydays in the 70s and 80s, but now, like all other sports, it's competing against other distractions, like computer games. And if you turned up to a rally, you'd find no shortage of fans, mainly older ones who'll tell you it's not like it used to be. One time, if you left home and all you'd want with you was a vice grips, a flat screwdriver, and a, and a Phillips. 
and your car wouldn't break down, you'd come home. The cars today, I think, are too advanced, too powerful, and it's nearly driven on computers. I'm learning so much. Whatever about the older rally fans, the drivers and co-drivers are still, to my mind, full of excitement. I love it, yeah. Love it. Wouldn't be here if it if didn't. This is Alison Levis from Skibbereen, and she's a co-driver. Already I'm starting to feel a bit <laughs> getting yeah. the buzz on, like, yeah, but it's, it's good. It's responsible, like, especially in these stages when they're fast, you can't be missing out on anything. Sure. <laughs> There's no room for error. 130. This is Alison calling out directions from Pace Notes in a previous Cork rally. Two left, 150. The driver she shouts out the Pace Notes for is her brother Adrian. I could never, I could never hop in with a co-driver that I didn't trust. They haven't done many events together and they're just really getting used to each other. One right at the house, 60. To your three right, two left, it's one left, be brave. So what you're doing then is you're picturing the road in your own mind as the notes are coming towards it. Three right, two left into one left. 400 up the middle. And if the co-driver gets it wrong, basically it's a ditch, I think, in a way. <laughs> no pressure. That is so much you depend, like. Sure. It's the evening before the rally. All the cars are gathered in a car park behind a Cork hotel. This is known as Park Fermi. As well as the cars, there are companies selling all sorts of rally paraphernalia. Adrian is buying tyres for his car, a Honda Civic. And should that should last you the weekend? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Just one set per rally, isn't it, basically? Um, well, top boys are using a set per service. Like <laughs> The service is the rally version of a pit stop in Formula One. So the top rally cars might cover, say, two stages, which is around 20 minutes rallying, and then they put on a new set of tyres. If a set of tyres costs a grand, they'll do 16 stages per rally. It means they could be spending up to eight grand on tyres alone. I generally try to get away with one per rally. Now, when you think about it, it's an incredible expense. Now, that's on top of the cost of the car. The rally cars may have the same shape as ordinary cars, but that's where the comparison ends. They have roll bars, they've tuned their engines, they've got rally seats and so on. The professional rally car alone could cost close to a million euro. It's a very different league from Adrian and Alison's Honda Civic. I'll tell you, I do not own a car. I do not have a road car because my hobby is rallying and to keep a budget for that, I don't pay any tax for a car, I don't pay any insurance for a car, I don't pay any diesel or petrol for a car. I just drive my father's van, the wife's car, whatever, just to keep things down. I drive oil trucks, that and part-time farming, one and the other. And you love it? I love what, rallying? Yeah. Oh yeah, I wouldn't change for anything. Do you? Absolutely, yeah, uh, like, you, you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't. There's, there's nerves involved in it, but they're good nerves, there's an adrenaline you you won't find in anything else until you come and do a rally yourself like and, and feel it like it's just you couldn't compare it <laughs> you're, you're sitting there you just you don't really know how you're feeling and then it's five four three two one you're gone you're, you're on your notes your concentration mode has to go in and there's no going back and you're just in the zone then like stay right hairpin left and three right 40 up the middle two right and one right over bump the way I would explain it is, say a stage takes 10 minutes, right? For 10 minutes you're free. It's you, the road, you forget about anything. Yeah, you're free. One left over crest into six right. One left into six right and five left. 
you think about nothing else. Yeah, you're. That's all, and that's it. Yeah. That's why we do it. It's like tunnel vision. That's that's it. Like square right. You don't, you don't have time. You're at that speed. You don't come off it. You're just you're just going. Mid through junction, 400. You're not on Facebook. No. Or Snapchat. You're not checking in. <laughs> <laughs> this is Adrian's new son. It's Jake. Jake Levis. He's come along with his mother, Claire. Uh, he's 10 weeks since Wednesday. He wants his little boy to come and see him. and He's a bit young to be taking out watching stages, like, but I'd say it won't be long before he has his suit on either. He has no choice, the poor creator. <laughs> it's going to be bred into you, isn't it? <laughs> Very first interview, Jake. <laughs> Alison doesn't have much time for chatting with her baby nephew. She's homework to do in her own car, which she says has a funny smell from her job. Stinks of fish. She's a chef, but this evening her job is to go over the place notes for the opening stages. Make sure it's all clear to me and that I won't be getting tongue-tied on any of them when they come up. She doesn't actually do her own place notes. She buys them from Brian Patterson, the man we heard cleaning his windscreen earlier in the programme. I just literally have a look through them. I'm not going to change anything now at this point. Mind the mind the bail head, mind sure, the fucking bail. Cursed Jesus Christ. Ah, Jesus, we're going to be stuck. <laughs> Pace notes are a fascinating part of rallying. They include the distance in metres up to the next corner. 250 up the middle. And then, on the corner, they use numbers to describe the degree of turn. Long four left, A chicane left entry. So a one, for example, is a sharp right or left turn. Four is a faster stretch of road. And a six or a seven is pretty much flat out. Three right, one seventy bumpy, okay. The reason for pace notes is straightforward. If the driver has someone telling them what's coming up next, how sharp the next turn is, for example, then the driver can keep their eyes on the road and concentrate on driving as fast as possible while keeping the car on the road. Co-drivers swear by their pace notes. There's so much time in notes and understanding notes and getting the best from notes. Probably a lot of people don't appreciate it. Notes, in my opinion, are as important as an engine or a gearbox. The co-driver makes a mistake, it's worldwide headlines, and if they win a rally, it's the driver who's won the rally. So as we always say, we don't win rallies, we just lose them. But look, it's, we're like, we regard us like a caddy. They need us. YouTube actually is a good place to go and see how pace notes work, or in this case, don't work. This is a famous piece from an in-car camera of Neil Hickey and Enda Kennedy. They were competing on an Irish forestry round in 2013. <laughs> Fast right. 40. Things, though, are far less chaotic and a lot more sedate for the Pattersons. Just give me caution. Medium left into square right plus over mud. 130. Brian, who you met earlier washing his windscreen, 100. and his son, Michael. If we're coming home from the pub with my friend and yeah. I say it's 130 yards to the pub, they think I'm a bit of a geek. <laughs> Fast medium right. They have a pace notes company. 100. It's weeks before the rally, and Brian and Michael are driving the stages. Fast left. 60. Fast right. 100. Brian and Michael both have war stories from times left. when they competed as rally co-drivers. 60. 
and I got invited by a top rally team to come and do the Donegal International Rally in a Group N Renault 21 Turbo, which was a very fast car in a straight line, but not very good around the corners and terribly bad over bumps, with a Texan oil baron who really had a great ambition, but in reality wasn't very good. So the first four miles of the first stage were pretty daunting. This car was very fast and out of control, but the first proper junction was a a hairpin over a bridge and it was uphill and there was a bump and he broke a drive shaft and well I'm, I wouldn't say it was relief but I thought there was an inevitability that was probably the best option that would have saved the car <laughs> and, and possibly both of us as well chap never really came back rallying after that <laughs> I was asked to step in at the last minute for a Scottish bloke who drove a three litre Capri on the Ulster Rally and we went down the first stage and I was reading bits of notes to him. It wasn't so sophisticated in those days. And I was thinking, boy, this guy's good. This is unbelievable. On the second stage, he had a big shed, just drove straight into it. And I suddenly realised he was actually out of control most of the time. So it then became the longest rally of my life because he went that slowly for the rest of the rally. I was, I was falling asleep on the stage, just trying to read the notes and not fall asleep. Fast right. 40. Brian and Michael are in a car stuffed with recording technology. Solid state rally computer. It's accurate to 10 100 thousandths of a metre. Because as well as sending the drivers a booklet of pace notes, they also sell them a DVD of the course, showing the dips and bumps and particularly how tight the corners and turns are. Fast, medium right. Opens. There are two cameras in the car. One is pointing out through the windscreen to show the road. 100. That's the camera Brian was cleaning the windscreen for earlier. The other camera is over the driver's shoulder, pointing at the steering wheel. So when we turn into a corner, you can actually measure the angle of the turn by just observing the wheel. So we're going round an easy corner at the moment, and you can see the top of the wheel is just slightly to the left. Well, when, when we're filming, that actually is on the video, so people can see that. 400, above the line, up mid, turn. Square left, narrows, 40. Because the Pattersons are hyper-aware of factors like distances, they look at the world differently from ordinary people. You can't stop yourself. If I would get a taxi up from the airport, and I'm saying to this to the taxi driver, 150 yards, turn square left, and then 60 yards, turn square left, and the poor taxi man's looking at me like I've got two, two heads on. He just can't take this in. <laughs> Caution, medium left into square right plus over mud. I'm not even awake yet. Alison Levis is in the lobby of the hotel where the Cork 20 rally is headquartered. Everyone's times are listed, official times now to start the rally. She's looking at sheets on a notice board telling her what time she and Adrian are out on the stages. So we're out at 8.30 on the button and there's 30 second intervals between every car. We're just about to go into the driver's briefing there now. The hotel ballroom. The drivers and co-drivers gather for a safety briefing. And uh, first I turn up Dr O'Brien to do safety words on safety. The first thing is, after an accident, is somebody breathing. The commonest reason for somebody not breathing is their head is falling forward and very gently moving their head back can open their airway and allow them to breathe. If they're bleeding, 
and you see blood coming out, you put direct pressure on the point of bleeding. Don't take anything off, put direct pressure. And then to the beating heart of the rally, the service area, located in the old cattle mart in Fermoy. I think it's actually a magical place. It's the uh, first thing on a Saturday morning, you can feel the buzz and the excitement and the, the adrenaline and the, the nervousness of the drivers and the co-drivers as they, they head out on the first day. It's a great place to be. I really like coming here. But this is where everybody comes. TV crews, catering. Um, general public will end up in service park. While the mechanics work on the rally cars, they're surrounded by onlookers. These two local men are watching a mechanic underneath one of the cars. Changing pads, that's a brake pads. Talking everything, making sure that everything is tied up. I'm just interested in being fatty in own. The service area is a wide open area. In the centre are the rally cars and their teams. Around the outside are mostly food vans and merchandising vans. We do the top rally driver's clothing. This man is selling rally jackets with logos and driver's names on them. Dakman Boyle, we do Jonah Kelly, who's leading the rally today. We make all their clothing and we sell it to the public. He also sells model cars. And that's the old Ford Agnia, so it is. The old type Ford Agnia and the Mark 1 Escorts in it as well. The generators is the biggest one. There's always the sound of a generator going somewhere. Small vans with generators going at the back. Burger vans, generators going at the back. There's always the sound of a generator going off somewhere. As you walk around the service area, the fans are obviously enjoying the buzz of the event. But there's another reason people are here. And to an outsider, it can seem a really strange reason. People come for the noise. They come to see cars crashing as well. Anyone who believes that people go to a rally to stand on the ditch and watch a car on a rocket sled on rails go through, they don't. They want the cars to, to fishtail, as they say. They want them to crash as well, because obviously they want the guys to be all right in the car, but no, they want, they want crashes, you know, and that's what we're here for. Alison and Adrian are ready. They're about to leave the service area to go to the first stage. Car 77, 932. They're in class 11F, Honda Civics basically with ordinary engines. They don't think they'll do much this weekend. It's a new car for Adrian. He just wants to get it home. Oh, well, when it's the first day out in the new car now, I'll be hoping to go well. Yeah. Like he says, he's, he's going to take his time and learn it, but I don't know. I'd say that could change once it's 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go, you know? 5... Four, three, two, one, go. Small crest into tight six left long. Alison and Adrian aren't the only members of their team. There's a third person, their mechanic, skibbering man, Ian. A lot of it think is a social thing. Go to any of the prize givings and you'd see that. Yeah. Late nights and early mornings. Yeah. Alison and Adrian are amateurs, and so Ian's setup is a bit forlorn looking compared with the professional teams. Professionals have big trucks with workshops on board, 
and canopies to protect the teams of mechanics from the weather. Ian, on the other hand, is here on his own with an ordinary white fan. We get out of most things, like, we get out yeah, something detrimental now, gearbox, engine, stuff like that, no. You're not going to be able to fix it, like, we don't have, maybe the bigger boys have a lot of the stuff, but we don't. Do you know, we within reason we can fix most things. Actually, it's not such a huge disadvantage having a small operation in rallying. It's in everybody's interest to keep as many cars on the road as possible. Everybody kind of bunches yeah. together and gives them a hand or gives them a push. And have you got we, a spanner? Yeah, yeah have, you, have you got this and have you got that? We had a car there, rallied lakes a couple of years back, burst the gearbox. We just gone down by the Glen Eagle gearbox seized. Yeah. So I told him as far as park firm and rang Adrian and a couple more and they pushed him in then and he finished the rally because of that, you know? Yeah. You have to stay together, especially when you're down the back of the crew. Being a co-driver is hard on the voice. The noise inside rally cars is deafening. This is the sound from a microphone strapped inside Alison and Adrian's car. To save weight, they've ripped out all the seats and the soundproofing. This is what your average family car sounds like, just as a metal box. You can hear every bit of gravel hitting the underside of the car. Now, looking at rallying from the outside, you wouldn't class it as a family sport, but you'd be surprised. Hello, my name's called Jill. I hope everybody has a nice rally in Cork, and I hope they try all their best to get to the finish. This is the Carney family. The mother is Maureen. Her husband is rallying this weekend. Uh, Mitsubishi Evo 9. Maureen and her husband have chosen very particular names for their children. It's Colin McRae, yeah? Colin McRae? Yeah. Really? She's named after Colin McRae, yeah? She's carrying well the name, yeah? It's okay, so really your kids are named after... Formula R One driver and rally driver. So yes. it's Colin? Colin, like Colin McRae, you know? And Henri, like Henri Toivonen. Yeah. And Gilles, Gilles Villeneuve. Gilles and the dog is Seb, like Sebastian Loeb. <laughs> Senna, like yeah. Ayrton Senna. Yeah. Well, it's after, uh, and and when, he suggested, when he suggested to you that we're going to name our kids after racing drivers, you were okay with that? I was trying. We were trying to find French connotation name. Yeah. yeah? So yes, I, I was. Yeah. Well, Henry Toyman. It's good. It's hero. Yeah. It's good to have a name. Do you yeah. enjoy the, coming to rallies? Yes. It, it's great. I was saying it's great to be all together as a family. Yeah. And it's a, it's an event, and it's nicer to be outside than inside sure. watching TV or. Yeah. So you're two days here in the car park. With your children, no. do they get? They don't look bored, but do they no. get bored? No. Well, we've got we've got uh, activities, but then we we'll go and we meet the people we know from the from the service. So we just it's a family thing. Everybody knows each other. 94, 95, and 96. The last Cars are coming back to the service area. On the way in, their times are checked by a volunteer in a high-vis vest. I was used to rally myself, so I'm giving something back from whenever I used to do it. So it's um, one of those things that's in your blood. You can never get out of it if it's in your blood. Sure. Sounds like we've got the leaders coming in now. So you've got work to do. Something to do. The, uh, the two leaders coming in now. Daryl Reardon is the first guy in. He's the four-time champion. He's won the last four. So he's going to stop at the timing boards. They're going to wave him in now. 
and the co-drivers will then give the cars in. Behind them is the current champion, Donna Kelly. And Brian is here, Brian Patterson's here. You'll hear him get us some uh, idea from the drivers. Brian Patterson, you'll recall, is the man who sells the pace notes to the co-drivers. This morning, however, he's doing some quick turnaround journalism. He's got a small notebook and is writing down their times and any comments they have to make about how the race is going for them. Is that your stage two times? 7.25. Particularly, any technical issues they're having. Did you get the intercom working? Sorry? Did you get the intercom working? I will we tried, we put, I put on Kevin's helmet and it's better now. Okay. We're just trying to get a wee comment from each of the drivers and then just weave it all into a story. The stories Brian is seeking are for what must be the most remarkable little publishing operation in Irish sport, Patterson's Rally News. Time 13.12.4. Brian is now back in the service area with his notebook. Second car two, Dona Kelly, 13.13.1. He's sitting in a small grey van with his wife and daughter-in-law. Eighth is car seven, Stephen Wright, 14.12.4. This is another part of the Patterson business. A sort of mobile newsroom. They were in a bit of a tiz because Connor was having to jump out and go back. He said he was having trouble with the fans. Okay, we'll come back to that then. That's good. Go car number one. Yeah. Brian's wife Liz is on a laptop. He dictates his notes to her. So if you just roll it across the page, Liz. Okay. Um, yeah. Third is car four, Melvin Evans. She then posts the information on social media and sends it to a printer in the back of the van. This is used to print out a newsletter. The newsletters are then hung up outside the van for teams and drivers to take so they can follow the progress of the day. During the rallies, the Pattersons publish several newsletters a day. They're contracted by the rally organisers to do this. 14.12.4. Yep. Ninth is car 18, Podrick Duffy. 14.23.8. Alison and Adrian are back off their first stages in their new car. You're here, Alison, you're smiling. How did the first two runs go? Good, no? good, no major issues. Um, first stage was nice, he was cautious enough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we're enjoying it. Um, we, we're definitely way off the pace, but we don't want to be on the pace, as I say, because they have two days to get the feel of the car. Yeah. So we don't want to be stuck at a hedge in the first couple of stages or anything and get the feel of it. I uh, like the car, yeah, it's a good car. Okay, how did we, we get on the first two stages? Good, okay. yeah, she's in great form. She's. Uh, yeah, she's, she, she's starting to figure out what I like in calling notes. and. Well, that's a, that yeah. is a part of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it takes time, it takes time. It's yeah. like a relationship afterwards, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you with the red hat? Are you going over to coming in? No, I just want to go back. We'll go back, so go on. You're, you're decided the right tape for not to As I said before, hanging around the service area is great fun, but rallying is about speed and driving skill. So you really have to get out on the course at some stage. We lost the rally because of this junction. This is a corner on a small country road in North Cork. Only permitted people here. The marshals are urging spectators off the roads and into the fields. It's a restricted area. There's red tape. There's been cars are coming around facing here. Go back out of it. You'll see nothing. If we stop it, you'll see nothing. Alison and Adrian will be passing here at some point. Go back. You'll see nothing. You'll be going home. One man is guiding people into a field, telling them the electric fence is harmless. Is that right? There's no current in it. It turns out this is his field. He's standing here with a neighbour. It is, yeah, there's no current. Remember I said to you that spectators come not just for the speed and skill of rallying, but also to see the cars going out of control. Well, this is a good example. 
you could hardly find a more picturesque spot to stand. Dry stone wall, beautiful old trees shading you from the afternoon sun. The North Cork countryside sloping away to the mountains in the background. But the local men aren't impressed by this vantage point. They say this bend is not great for rallying. It's not fast enough, you think? <laughs> I'd prefer to see a bit of speed. And <laughs> just the one, but I don't know, down the road, it's my friend, just filed going down recently. You see, I'm good driving down there. Yeah. She's there desperately. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a bit of speed and the fellow banging maybe there in the wild or something. As long as he wouldn't come in here to us. <laughs> no, they wouldn't knock the wild out. That's a solid wild. I wasn't the building there. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit in the passenger seat anywhere with well, any of them, no. I might try one of them out, but I wouldn't sit in the passenger seat. Would you think you'd be quick seat. enough? Huh? Would you think you'd be quick enough? Well, I would maybe 20 years ago. <laughs> Five left and two right, 100 up the middle. We're halfway through the day's stages and Alison and Adrian are doing better. He's travelling faster, taking a bit more chance with the car. That's, that's the leaderboard in, is, um, we'll do a bit of chat. Uh, thankfully, weather conditions here in Fermoy are good. Back in Patterson's van, the news is still coming in. No fog, and the top drivers had a good run through the opening 12.1 kilometres. That was good. <laughs> Alison and Adrian are back in the service area. Good, yeah, no, we're, we're into it now. Yeah. yeah. Is, he, is he pushing it? Oh, is he still um, bedding in? He was like, yeah, there is much more in it there. <laughs> He's got the rhythm. Yeah. 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 Over on the other side of the service area, another car has come back in off the stages. This is the car belonging to Gus Carney, the father of the children named after racing drivers. The children are waiting with buckets of water and sponges. Rallying relies on sponsorship, so... As well as keeping the car mechanically ready, the teams have to make sure the car is clean so the sponsor's logo can be seen in photographs. That's why when Gus Carney comes back into service, his children don't ask him about how the race is going, but how the car is looking. Daddy? Yes, buddy. What's up? It's just A little bit. We'll have to wash it this time, will we? There's a whole family involved here. We have a whole family. My brother is out in the car as well, and if all the kids are, they'll help out and they'll get the sponges out now and clean the car. Gus's co-driver is Tommy Hayes, but they don't buy pace notes. They write their own. There's only two euro for the pencils and the rubbers in <laughs> Tesco. <laughs> but um, it really depends on trust between the driver and the navigator. It's not straightforward and everything is personalised. One on the next loop of, uh, loop of stages, Tommy has marked as shitty, which is a new, a, new note, uh, a new note for me. But anyway, it's a particularly dirty section as well, coming up, up out of the road as water, just carrying down along the road, and we just have to be very cautious on it. Like, we would have four left minus over bump at hedge. I think that's where maybe the man on the street can click with him, like, if he spots the hedge, oh, that's what they mean by four left minus. Fast three or fast three right, 130, fast three left. This is another co-driver reading his pace notes. Three left into four or. But these aren't just for his own use. 
This is Killian Duffy. He, like the Pattersons, also sells his rally notes to other co-drivers. And then subscripted to be over gravel, so it's just to tell them don't cut over gravel. He's a world championship co-driver. I began selling pace notes in um, 2010, I suppose. I was a secondary school teacher up till 2009 in Dublin, and uh, I gave up uh, teaching to go co-driving, and uh, it's it's a strange sort of way to make a living. You know, sometimes you have a lot of work and sometimes you, know, you have no work. I mean, you're used to being paid every two weeks by the Department of Education. It's difficult to go to be paid every few months. So um, I was basically, we'll say, unemployed at the time, and I seen the opportunity and I took it, and uh, thankfully, five years later, it's going brilliantly. Just tell us about your co-driving. You're out in the Middle East a lot, aren't you? Yeah, I would. I suppose I would be the Middle East I'd be associated with a lot. There's great job satisfaction out of it because you know that the timing of your notes is critical and just giving the driver the confidence to push on. And when you come to the end of a stage and you know you really click together, that's where the buzz comes from. You know, um, One of the best moments for me at the finish line of Rally Australia, because all the Irish in Australia, there was Mayo flags, there was Irish flags at the stop line in the last stage and I have it on the in-car cameras. We pull up at the stop car and see guys in Mayo jerseys and Irish flags. It was amazing and all guys I'd know, you know, they were all guys that were living in Australia had come up to the rally to support us. It was fabulous, like it was brilliant. Six left over crest. Bubba jumped and along six left Brady stay Medicare times five left plus for one. Another, like Killian Duffy doing well abroad is Kerryman Paul Nagel, co-driver and navigator in the World Flat Rally Flat Championship. Flat right over crest. 105 left minus. I never had the desire to drive for some reason. Anywhere I went to the rallies with my mates or my parents or anything, I used to just grab the map for some reason. I wouldn't jump into the driver's wheel, I'd grab the map. My dad used to do a bit of co-driving, so I used to watch the videos at home and go to him. I used to see his pace notes at home, see all this. And we don't hear a lot from the co-drivers. The only time you hear is anything really about the co-drivers is when they start blaming the navigator for something that's gone wrong. Does that annoy you? Yeah, you get used to it. I'm used to it now. Yes, the driver gets all the credit, but he does get all the flack too when things are going bad and you have a bad season. It's mid-afternoon of the Cork 20 rally, stage five, and Alison and Adrian are really settling in. That was really good now. Everything, it all looked familiar in front of you. It's getting good, but the first two were very rusty now, but I enjoyed it. We'll go back, Sork one. You're inside the red tape, not supposed to be done. We're out on stage six at Ballynow. Uh, this is Guest, another Evo 9. He and Kyle chasing the Irish Championship, the Group N series. This is the first of the escorts. This is Phil Collins, the man from Wales. Inside the car, it'll be ah oh, shit. Based on the time they were scheduled to start the stage, Alison and Adrian should be passing the corner about now, but there's no sign of the car. Finally, way down the field, they pass us by. They've a side panel damage on that, is it? Yeah. yeah, they've hit something. So, yeah, just on the side of where the driver is, Adrian, looks like it's a bit of body damage, so I think they've had enough. Oh, I can just see it inside, they're like, 
Back at the service area, Adrian and Alison's car has been worked on by Ian, the mechanic, and Adrian. What do you want to do? What? Oh, driver's side, driver's fault. <laughs> the front door is damaged and stuck shut. We're under pressure. Bit of drama? Small bit of drama, yeah. What happened? Six right. Didn't quite make it around. And just where, where it landed was kind of on, on a bank. Yeah. Just a bit of a bang. We it'll, saw it coming, we were like, oh! It'll tap out. Yeah. Yeah. Joys of it. They have to get it open. All the days are Not only that, they're against the clock. They have to get back out on the next stage in the next nine minutes. Okay, well, Adrian is lying uh, on his back with his two feet pressed against the door. So they're kind of considering now whether they should retire the car. Uh, call it a day, or take a chance and just... The issue is, if one door is damaged and stuck shut, then if they crash and roll over onto the good door, Adrian and Alison won't be able to get out of the car. Be careful for fuck's sake. Adrian's wife, Claire, has arrived and she's concerned. I said be careful for fuck's sake. <laughs> what do you think? Should they be going out? No, he's stupid. You reckon? <laughs> Yeah, I know where he's coming from, like, but it's a bit daft going out with the door not opening, I'd imagine. They're unfortunate enough to hit the other side. What are they going to do? Yeah. But anyway, no good talking to him. You worried about him? I, I'm always worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> Something I need to work on. Sure, but you, you can understand as I sat in the car yeah, before. You can understand why they're going out yeah, there, can't yeah. You? yeah. They're this far, like, they want to keep going. I'm sure he'll be all right. He'll be fine. Yeah. I need to go do some shopping and... Take my mind off of it. <laughs> Adrian and Alison's sister, Sharon, is here too. Yeah, I always say it's my mum's prayers keeps them safe anyway. <laughs> it'll be good, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, that, in the essence, is uh, what rallying's all about in this country. You know, there's a, they're battered and bruised. They have two more stages to go. They're just going out before the time and clock finished. Uh, I don't even know if the door will open. <laughs> Back at the Patterson's van, the rally newsprinter will tell the story that Alison and Adrian finally finished fifth in their class in their Banda Civic. They also stopped to help another driver get off the course at the end of the rally. And they finally got that door open. Junction, straight on, 400. Two laps, 150. 